as a songwriter, as pasty white as you can get of a songwriter, how, what my voice needs to be humble. And at the, you know, and at the very least, I am the face of a lot of the people in power. I'm writing from that perspective and trying to shine a light on it as the foolishness that it is. Welcome to Convos. I'm your host, Jordan Shavu, a veteran bass player, husband to my amazing wife, Latasha, and a big video game enthusiast. Join me as I chat with some insanely talented people about life, career, craft, and everything else in between. On today's episode, I interview Jason McGovern. A Philly native, Jason humorously describes his music as, quote, DIY Americana folk and pop rock for people who like DIY Americana folk and pop rock. This humor is also present in his songwriting, often highlighting the ways in which humanity commits self-sabotage. These themes are front and center on his recent single, Come On Nero, which yours truly had the honor of playing on. Hang with us as we discuss why and how the song is more culturally relevant than you might think. We also delve deep into the process of songwriting and how it is both an art form and a responsibility. Additionally, Jason shares the music and artists that influenced him as a singer-songwriter. Now, without further ado, let's get to the conversation. Jason, thank you so much for doing this with me, man. Absolutely. Happy to do it. Awesome. So I want to talk about Nero. Um, okay. Thanks. <laughs> thanks for, for letting me now let me play bass on there. Uh, really came out well overall. Oh, anytime. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. It's, it's always a blast. So I thought the... I thought the title was very interesting because I was thinking, okay, who who do I know named Nero? The only Nero that I know of is uh, that Roman emperor guy mm-hmm. who, no, he wasn't really a good Roman emperor or yep. something like that. <laughs> yep. Um, so listening to it a few times, I couldn't help but draw some parallels to today. Uh, no idea if that was <laughs> intentional or, mm-hmm. or not. Um, I I really want, uh, yeah. You know what 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 was the song? What's the song about overall? <laughs> yeah, it, it, you're you're on the right track there. Um, so in in some ways, I feel like I've been writing the same song over and over and over again for the past few years, just in different iterations of it, or at least about the same same kind of same kind of topic topic. I mean, like you said, historically speaking, Nero was the, the last of a dynasty in Rome and the saying goes that Nero fiddled while Rome burned. Hmm. Um, so I, I think you can kind of take away for thinking about today. And that's, and that, that really is what it, what it's about and kind of my feelings around that and trying to take kind of a sarcastic bent on that. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I kind of got got that hunch because <laughs> um, your 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 lyrics tend to have a lot of a lot of symbolism and sarcasm mm. at the same time. It's very um, that's 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 it's very good writing. Yeah, it's it's actually probably it's probably even more on the nose than some songs I've written in the past. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so how how long have have you been working on the song? At least from the the lyrical side side of it when when did you how how did you come to to the point of making a song about that well this one it's weird because this one came started coming together around early early march like the first few weeks it really started coming together around when the pandemic first hit um and and that kind of was part of the inspiration 
around it as well. And I don't think I've had a song, you know, I usually labor over songs for a long time. That's one of the quickest turnarounds I've ever had uh, with writing to recording and releasing a song. Wow. Okay. I had, I had no idea. I, I figured you were working on it for, for a bit. No, this one, this one was a quick one. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I, I mean, Samurai in general is, is a process. So to me, it sounds like you, you kind of already had the basic idea and, and, and framework in, in your head. Was a lot of that kind of inspired about inspired from what you've been observing from society as far as what's going on with the pandemic, or was this something that's that you were kind of mulling over pre-COVID? Yeah, I think there's some before. Yeah, there's a lot before that as well. Just general, the general frustrations I've been feeling over the last while at this point. <laughs> at this point, and and yeah, it, it, I mean, again, I think. And even yeah, even though this this song in particular came together really really quickly, yeah, I, I think you know the songwriter's brain is always kind of churning. So you know, there could have been things in the back of my mind that have been that were kind of churning for for a lot longer than that, just kind of building until something kind of explodes out. Right. So so usually so and usually that's 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 how you would kind of go go through songwriting in general for yourself correct it, it really it really depends on kind of the song or or even my frame of mind i, I think it, normally like it, normally my process is is more of an editor than than a writer i kind of think of myself as as a stronger stronger editor so you know as you know i typically have a really prolonged process at process of editing and revising songs over and over and over again i i think i think ultimately what what points uh, the way and how I approach a song is the kind of the spark that inspires it. it. You know, is it an absurd, absurd thought or an image in my mind that amuses me? Is it something more self-reflective? Is it something that I see in the world that kind of raises my hackles in some way? That all kind of points to how how carefully or how carefree I'll approach uh, approach the editing editing and writing process. Mm, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. As um, as it pertains to Nero, would you say that you already had, I guess, enough f- material that you you kind of had a a good idea of okay, whatever or I guess whatever rough recording of the song you probably did, you already kind of had it in your mind that okay, this this is it, this is the basic outline and and, and structure. That song was kind of. Yeah, it was written probably it was written before I did any recording on it. Like I had I had that was one that kind of came out more or less fully formed, which is not which is not often the case for me. Right. And and would you say that has to do with more, I guess, the times that we're in? Because there's just so much going on that and there's just so much to the process. Yeah, I think that's the case. And also, you know, it was kind of at the beginning of 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 the shutdowns and I think part of it was, you know, and, and I think every every artist has has to have their own way of coping with, you know, this situation. So I I don't. I was someone who wanted who normally takes a long time on things. I because I was locked up, I felt, uh, you know, in in the shutdown, felt kind of freedom to really focus. So I was kind of motivated by by this. I know some people it has the opposite effect and and they need that time to rest and 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 just take care of themselves. I saw, you know, social media posts saying if you're not using the pandemic to do all these productive things, you're wasting like no no, no that so it it it's 
for me, it, it felt good to get some, you know, to challenge myself and, and, and try to get something out quickly. Whereas I, I'm not going to begrudge anybody that's can't or does not have the emotional uh, bandwidth to be able to do that. Oh yeah, abs- absolutely. Um, that's 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 a very good point. I, I know for me, it took a bit to adjust. I mean, I know we had we had some gigs lined up. You know, mm-hmm. you no, know, uh, let me see. It was a Grape Room and uh, Dawson Street Pub. Yeah, and, and uh, I was really looking forward to those. Um, but you know, those those were out so. Uh, and I, I've been looking for, you know, new, basically any sort of music material that you now I can kind of highlight, put, put out there, you know? Mm-hmm. So you no, know, with that out of the way, it was like, okay, um, back to the drawing board, I guess. So it, it, it took me, it, it took me a, a good bit. I, I would say I'm, I'm kind of in that group that it takes a little bit to kind of stuff is happening so much, you know, around, around us or, um, at least for me, I, you know, I'm very empathetic, so I tend to get hit with a lot of emotions and at once. Mm-hmm. So I, I need to kind of take time to kind of filter through that and just calm down before before I, I make a, a key a key decision. So um, no, for for me, it, it's you know talk, talking to people such as such as yourself, just inquiring about how 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 you've been handling this whole pandemic thing because it's Mm. it's it's definitely it's definitely um, unprecedented but um to your point it has been a really fruitful time in the sense that i'm able to kind of do things that i wouldn't normally do since you know the old schedule kind of got blown out of existence (laughs) at least at least for now I think that's a really good thing to be able to mm-hmm. still commit to to your art, to your craft, but also kind of you know challenge yourself to mm-hmm. you know, but but also kind of do those things in a way that's healthy, you know, so that you're not, I guess, trying to find the balance between okay, I, I want to put this thing out there, but I'm also doing this for myself because it's very cathartic or what have you. And I'm sure, I'm sure some of it, if if I'm going to look look at it. In, in another way, I'm sure some of it is also a defense mechanism on my part, so I don't have to think about the actual weight and gravity of the situation. Do 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 do, and and then not have to think about it. Although, I don't know. G- generally, my personality is anxious all the time. Yeah, same here. <laughs> um, and and seeing seeing the the worst that could happen happen. It yeah. It mm. I'm not as anxious through that. Or haven't been as anxious through that because my whole life of anxiety has kind of prepared me for it. Mm. Yeah, man, anxiety is crazy. Um, <laughs> I, I I deal with it on a daily basis, um, but you know, you, you make do with it. But speaking of of which, um, would you say a lot of your songs are are written from uh, a place of anxiety, just as far as what's going on in in the world? Not not necessarily. I think. Cause I, cause I don't think Nero kind of came from a place of anxiety. Uh, I mean, I have written some of those, those kind of songs, but those were a little more intentionally kind of introspective and, and kind of navel gazy. So, okay. So that begs the question. So what place did you write Nero out of? Yeah, I don't think, yeah, I don't think it's anxiety. I, I, I I'm hmm, trying to think of the good, a good word, word for it. 
consternation. And that, I mean, I've, I've, and I've, there's been a number of songs, like I said, like the, a lot of my newer songs, even from Human and Binary Pairs, and they're all kind of like they're kind of all written around the same the same topic, and they're all kind of coming from a place of of frustration and and, and consternation at. So, so it's not really anxiety. It's yeah, it's un- unhappiness. Yeah, <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. So, um, you you say frustration and consternation is that is it with yourself or you know more so what's going on with what's going on? It, it's not. But I also want to you know when I'm writing you know and the reason I use sarcasm and I, I kind of still want to write you know I want to kind of give give a spoonful of sugar as I'm. <laughs> Like to do with it with the medicine. Yeah, totally. That that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, um, I think a number of your songs also kind of touch on. Um, you, well, you mentioned you know just just frustration, you know, with with what's going on in the world, but um, even just um, reflecting on some of the older stuff that you know, that that we've that we've played um, and and mm-hmm. we've written. Um, a lot of that stuff seems to touch upon you know just. I think the state of the human soul, uh, the human condition. I've I've always been curious to know, you know, what what about that aspect of humanity interests you uh, as far as to incorporate that lyrically into your songs. I mean, it really, it really depends because I I think I've grown from from being kind of purely kind of self self reflective kind of kind of songs to being you know looking at tr- looking outside of myself and s- seeing something that bothers me but then also making it introspective and then to a certain then even the next step is just kind of seeing and observing and uh expressing frustration um so you know and i've you know I, i've kind of been kind of repeating this that you know i've been writing the same song over and over again for the past few years in particular and <laughs> yeah and, and a lot of them have been a lot of the recent ones like like human have been written from the perspective of of the wrong party or the villain or the bad idea mm-hmm. i want to phrase that yeah. just to kind of kind of shine a light on how foolish it is and how sad it is and i also want to write from that perspective because i want to see myself in that and expose my worst impulses and learn and grow from that. So, so it's gotta, it, it, even that has to be kind of an extension of some of my earlier kind of truly navel gazing kind of songs. What's up conversators. I sincerely hope you've been enjoying the episode thus far before we move forward with the rest of the interview. I have to ask you a serious question. Would you be willing to buy me a coffee? (laughs) No, I don't mean the drink. I'm referring to the platform coffee K O F I. Coffee is a platform that allows content creators to receive financial support from their community. It's also a great way for creators to engage with their community. I would love your support with the podcast as doing so will allow me to produce more episodes in the near future. To support the show, head over to my website, georgefood.com, and click on the podcast tab. On the podcast page, you'll find a link to my coffee account directly below. Hit it, and you'll have the option to make a one-time donation or subscribe monthly. By subscribing monthly, you will have access to extra content such as behind-the-scenes posts, bonus episodes, and a chance to be a future guest on the podcast. Neat, huh? Whichever option you choose, your support will mean so much to me and keep the podcast going. Thanks for taking the time to hear me out. Now, let's get back to the conversation. Right, so it's, it's kind of inherently 
confrontational, not in the sense of trying to spark an argument, but more so kind of really examine motives and interests mm-hmm. as as far as, okay, you know, why why do people say this or why do do that? You know, because it's it's um, I, I like to think personally, especially um, in today's climate where a lot of things, even the most basic, simple things you think couldn't be politicized or or, or just somehow they're now made it made into political issues are. And you have this weird kind of logic, in, in my opinion, that seems to view everything from, you know, well, it's kind of like a black and white sort of thing. There's some truth to be had to those kinds of things. I, I made a, I think I made a joke to to Latasha a while back on how you know, you know, ev- everyone, or I don't even know, it was a joke, but um, felt like a joke at the time because uh, I think like you, I was also kind of like frustrated with, with what was going on in the world. How like you know everybody wants to you know throw their two cents, but they're not really investing or saving in anything. They're just throwing, throwing it out there, you know? So it's kind of like, it's kind of like a waste in, in, in a way, you know, I don't want to say that there isn't, you know, black and white, everything is gray, you know, because like, I, you know, I do believe, you no, know, there is a good and evil. However, the ways in which those things intersect and interact, you know, may not always be inherently, clear and i forget it's it's a it's a bible verse i for, i forget it, but it's, it's in one is one someone in paul's letters i want to say it's in romans but you know he says you know i want to make sure i'm not confusing certain passages <laughs> um but um may not even been paul but um I, i'll have to fact check later for my sake <laughs> um just on how we can how we can confuse good with evil and evil with good, and I think you know we can look at something today and and get very different you know conclusions come to diff- very different conclusions you know because part of the problem is confusing that you know just highlighting the protests for for argument's sake you know I'm not you know I'm not for looting or rioting communities especially if they're predominantly black communities. Because, you know, those those communities don't they don't all may not have the best of you know resources or it's not like white suburbs. You know, no, just just don't keep it 100. But that doesn't mean that all the people that are looting or rioting, they're just I don't want to say, oh, it's just people, you know, looking for an opportunity to do that. You know, which 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 there which there have been people that have been doing that, unfortunately, and that's been kind of creating havoc or what have you conf- confusion i think with as far as the cause for why people are protesting in the first place but i think there are people that are just genuinely angry and you know there's that such that impulse uh, a rage i guess you could say to just want to lash out because you know the people they should trust in get arguments sake say police you know they're failing to they might be failing to uphold their end of the deal as far as, you know, protecting and serving. They're not really doing that, you know, to them, they're just oppressing them. I think a lot of that anger, you know, a lot of that destruction and anger, I think can be fueled from that. That doesn't mean that destroying property and all that stuff is, it doesn't mean it's, it's right. Like it is wrong, but 
Um, I want to say the the you know the Christian in me empathizes with that because there's a lot of pain rooted in in that experience. There's there's brokenness rooted in that experience. Um, you know, uh, of course, on the flip side, you know, you know, you can also view it from the perspective of oh, you know, protesters are anti-police, blah blah blah, this that the other, but. It's it's not again. It's not that binary. It's not that you know. It's not that clear cut. It's not that. It's not that you know. We don't need the police. It's more so. We want the police to actually do a better job at protecting and serving. And if I mean, if if the whole structure is fundamentally broken, that's that that just compounds compounds the issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think really in that, you know, there's people that see that's broken, but then you have other people that don't see that's broken. I think because either, you know, I'm not trying to, I don't want to generalize anybody, but, you know, there's people that benefit from the systems that are in place now. So, of course, they're not going to want anything, didn't want anything changed because either maybe they get money from that or somehow. Like, I, I always, mm-hmm. I, I also... I always said to, to Tasha as well, um, people will have a problem with you as soon as you s- start, I guess, digging into their pockets, you know, because, you know, we, we, I mean, money is a universal language, you know, <laughs> you know, money, money does, does talk, you know, especially in this, especially in this country. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's crazy. I mean, and, and you know, as you know, I was just trying to think like, as, you know, as a songwriter, as pasty white as you can get of a songwriter, like how, what my voice needs to be humble. And at the, you know, and at the very least, I am the face of a lot of the people in power. I'm writing from that perspective and trying to shine a light on it as the foolishness that it is. And I'm, I don't, I don't know how good of a job I do at it, but, uh, you know, and, and again, also try to see myself and in, in that and, and, expose my worst impulses and, and so I can learn and grow and, and, and be a better voice. Yeah, abs- absolutely. You know, it's, uh, that's, that takes a lot of uh, maturity, man. Not just, not just, you know, for the sake of creativity, but just, just as a person in general, it takes a lot of maturity, you know, to kind of step outside of yourself. And I mean, you can try, you know, and, be in people's shoes. I mean, I guess, you know, but you're not always going to be able to relate to people a hundred percent, you know, because, you know, we're, we're all different, you know, we, we all come from different backgrounds, but I think, but with that, you know, if you're willing to kind of, Hey, I don't know a thing about this, but I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to learn, you know, kind of taking that, taking that stance as opposed to, you know, putting, backs down just for the sake of supporting an argument, you know, which doesn't really, again, doesn't really do anything, you know, it kind of just bolts down you know, the pedestal that you're kind of standing on. You know, <laughs> I think ultimately, you know, the question that I'm, that I, that I've, that I've been yelling in my head for, for a while of, you know, of the subjects of that I'm, that I'm writing about are why, why are you so afraid? Why are you so sad? Why why are you so miserable? Because that's that's what you are. 
and and why and, and even beyond that, why are you a hypocrite? And so that those all get obviously reflected back on myself as well. And what am I afraid of? What am I, you know, all of those? Yeah, to- totally. I also think you know that that sort of inner work as as it will. You know, I can definitely speak for you, man. I think that that makes you such a really good songwriter because you know it, you're staying grounded that way. You know, and you know, there's there's kinds of you know, art and music that's, I guess, you can say, you know, highbrow, you know, or or you know, depend depending on depending on you know what it is or what you're listening to. You know, some some people some people might consider certain stuff highbrow, but you know, depending on where you go. But I think at at, at you know, I think at the end of the day, um, you know, art music, those are great ways of kind of talking about the human condition, you know, explaining about the human experience, but also also just as a way of creating opportunities to build bridges, you know, to be able to connect with other people, you know, that may that may not be that may not be the same as you. But speaking of, you know, art and music, um, just just connecting in, in general, have you had a have you've had some really good conversations as far as, you know, some of the deeper meanings of your songs in the past with, you know, audience members or maybe someone, uh, people that listen, that might have listened to your stuff, you know, streamed it on Spotify or Apple Music, you know, have have you had some some conversations pertaining to anything of that sort? Not really. Hmm. No. Yeah, that's, yeah. I, I know people have said, People say they like the songs, and I and I feel like I'm not being I'm not, I feel like I'm not mincing words when I'm in, in the lyrics, but <laughs> yeah. you know, oftentimes people people still miss the meaning of it. I, I, I honestly would love for somebody to confront me about songs. <laughs> Has anyone talked to you about Nero? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, yeah, man, because like that's. Again, you know, I'm listening. I'm like, hmm, okay, yeah, I, I think I know what he's getting at. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and yeah, if I'm gonna be, yeah, I mean, I, I could say the word. It's, <laughs> it, I mean, it is, it is really, really directed at one person. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And as has you know, it's the same person. Binary pairs was directed at same person. Human was directed at. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You see, I, uh, I guess I was asleep on those because, yeah. But then again, no, you just had me play play on there. So I'm just thinking about, or well, what am I going to play? <laughs> is, it, is it bad? Um, I, I don't necessarily think about your lyrics first. I just think, okay. No, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I feel I feel so bad because, you know, like I, I've, I, I I really enjoy playing with you, man. Um, you know, I it's it's actually been been a privilege. Um, I love having you play. Yeah, thank you, thank you so much, man. Um, but I, I'll definitely have to I'll definitely have to go back on the to um, humans of binary pairs. I need to. Play. I said Nero is the most most on the nose. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's it's, it's it's definitely on on the nose for for sure. You know, if <laughs> yeah. Oh, speak, speaking of your music, so, I, man, I'm so excited to ask you this question. So play, playing with you long, long enough, not getting to know you long enough, you know, your music draws a lot of inspiration from artists such as, you know, Phil Collins, Peter Gabriel, 
know, got some talking head influences right there. Um, what about those artists, those groups? Was it about them that that you find appealing, you know, musically and uh, lyrically? Yeah. So I was I was one of those weird kids who was always kind of just into their parents' music. Uh, so I remember I remember being introduced to Phil Collins and Led Genesis really early, and then I got also got introduced to Fleetwood Mac really early, and then also stuck uh, with with Fleetwood Mac. I really became enamored with kind of the harmonies and kind of the folk pop songwriting, and then also particularly Lindsey Buckingham's production style and abilities, especially with like Tusk. Uh, with Genesis, you had these really skilled musicians and songwriters that were, you know, in in their early days, they were writing these ten to twenty minute long prog rock pieces. They decided, you know, even through its evolution, they they found it more challenging and interesting to try and write shorter pop songs. Peter Gabriel also came out of Genesis. So he was he was the one leading the group in the early, early era. He's someone I, I've grown to like really appreciate as a performer and a songwriter and as, as a storyteller in particular. You know, he's 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 a great lyricist and a great storyteller. And he's he's got a really good balance of being kind of a weirdo within within the framework of a pop sensibility. And then obviously Talking Heads also fits that bill as well of uh, being kind of weird within the framework of pop. And I think, I think I also personally relate to kind of David Byrne's awkwardness. <laughs> um, it, it, that's to the, uh, that's to the uh, stage persona charm. <laughs> that's, that's dope. So playing with you, you know, that, that really kind of challenged me in the sense like, man, like, I got into Phil Collins. I, you have to thank uh, Disney's Tarzan for that. That's, that's, that was that was really my probably like my first full on exposure. See, the thing is with 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 Phil Collins, I kind of stop after you know after Genesis and after in terms of his stuff, I stop after No Jack Required in terms of his solo stuff. I just didn't listen to much of it after that. But early stuff, absolutely. Yeah, that's 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 really cool, man. So, were those artists and groups also kind of um, inspirational to you as far as becoming a singer songwriter? I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure it's part of that. Yeah, I mean that that kind of mm. stuff gets ingrained in you. Yeah, it kind of it kind of you know take takes a hold because uh, I, I can definitely relate. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I, I grew up on a lot of you know, music from from like seventies, you know, easier, but it was more so, you know, um, even, well, even going back to like, you know, like early, like 60s stuff. So, but that's more so like funk soul R and B kind of type type route. So, you know, listen to, to stuff from, from Motown and uh, James Brown, that, that, that stuff, that, that, that style kind of sort of, you know, gets, gets in, ingrained in, into you. Would you, would you say that, or rather, has has that made your songwriting process a bit easier because of that? Because you kind of already got these harmonies, these these rhythms, these styles. Kind of, you know, you've listened to it, and you can kind of just just translate it over a musical setting. Yeah, I think it helps. I mean, it helps define my voice. Yeah, no, that de- um, definitely. <sighs> Man, find, finding your voice—that's. Uh, you're you would probably be the poster boy boy of that because <laughs> <laughs> well, it, well i, I mean <laughs> uh, you know being willing to to sit 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 through 
you know, sit through material that you've had and kind of go over until you know that's that's right. You know, that 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 takes a lot of that takes a lot of work and de- dedication. And I think that's that's another reason why I really enjoy enjoy your mu- music and, and play with you because you know it's just everything is everything is 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 intentional. So that kind of leads me to ask, you know, when how did you know when you kind of got your sound? How did you know that you, you know, this is it, this is how I sound, this this is what this is what people will <laughs> know me by. I think I'm uh, yeah, I I don't know cuz I think I'm still not there yet to to, to a certain extent. Like it, it's always and and I think it always has to be an ongoing journey. You know what my voice was a couple of years ago is not going to be the same as my voice now, and I don't. And I, and if I want to grow and continue to grow and and continue to be interested in it, uh, my voice can't be the same necessarily. Totally the same. It, it's still me, but it has to be a little bit different in the future as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that that totally makes sense. Um, speaking of the future. I think you sent me sent me a tune and, and I, did. Uh, I think I did a bass track on that. Um, are you working on any more more material? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm working that that song in particular. I'm I'm having fun, a lot of fun with it. What's funny is it ended up being and, and I didn't. Well, I kind of realized it, but it's the same key and same tempo as Nero as well. I, I didn't even make that connection before. They're kind of different, uh, but again, lyrically, I need to do. When you talk about ev- evolution of, you know, we're talking about evolution of song or, you know, of a song and, you know, the editing process, that's one I need to go back to and edit the lyrics because, you know, that was written, you know, the lyrics were initially written before, you know, before the Black Lives Matter protests broke out. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of directed towards the haircut protests that were happening before that with the, the coronavirus that, that were kind of seemed though seemed like such an unrighteous cause and a fool and a foolish cause whereas suddenly you have this very very righteous cause and noble cause that i i need to make sure that there's no confusion as to what i'm what i was talking about right yeah to make sh- yeah to make sure there's just so i'm i'm clear on what i am and what i'm not not saying mm. are are you afraid that you know you would be you know, I, I think it isn't more so, you know, a fear of being, um, man, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not out of any fear. It's, it's out of, you know, what is, what is the right story to tell? No, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. So kind of, so really making sure the, in, the integrity of, of, you know, of what you're trying to convey is, you know, is solid. I mean, and, that, and then ultimately, that editing process makes the song song better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm definitely excited to hear the the finished product of that. Um, that reminds me, I should, probably probably sometime in the near future, I'm probably going to send you another another track. Don't I don't because I got I I it's it's exactly where I want it. Really? Yep. Ah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I did some. I it, there's some. I did some weird stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I said, it wasn't it wasn't my it wasn't my best work, but oh no 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 it it no it was it was great. And well, the, the challenge was I have never mixed 
I because you did slap you did some slap bass on it, and I've never I've never mixed that before. So some of the challenges like figuring out okay because there's this big dynamic change, mm, yeah, and the bass is you know most the most of the bass line, it's it was a lot quieter, and then suddenly have this slap mm-hmm. part. So it's a matter of trying to level everything out while still making sure that you hear all the transients from from the uh, from the slap bass part. What I ended up doing because it because it just sounded because it sounded mm-hmm. cool was I ended up putting and this is getting into like weird nerdy production <laughs> stuff which I could really go go off on um, putting putting the baseline into Melodyne which I normally use for a pitch correction for my voice or I, I use it. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't use auto tuner pitch correction at all. <laughs> I sing perfectly all the time. <laughs> um, but that, from that, you're able to because it's it figures out the 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 key, you know, the pitches of everything. I then turn that into a MIDI file. So then also, so doubling doubling what you're playing is you also playing a synth bass line too. Nice. Yeah, I, I actually have like a little, I have like a bass synth thing, so I could I could have done some stuff with that too. But I also have a controller keyboard, so I could I could have done MIDI synth. But it's but it sounded really like it just sounded it had this really unique sound with both sound. You know, it's the exact it's the exact same part blended together. Yeah, that's 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 cool, man. This is this is actually inspired me to chop up some some stuff on my own. I've been meaning to do that for forever. <laughs> Jason, thank you so much for your time, man. Absolutely, anytime. Yeah, this this was this was super dope. Uh, thank thank you for sharing about your writing process. You know, man, I hope we we get to play soon. Yeah, same same. I'm I'm missing it. Like at the very least, start practicing, even if we don't have anywhere to play. But I think there's still time. Yeah, and I and I said I was gonna send you some material. Um, uh, let, let me let me actually I need to honor that. <laughs> and that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I did. I've been playing with Jason for years, so I was thrilled to learn more about his songwriting process. It gave me a better appreciation for his artistry as well as our friendship. You can find more of Jason on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. You can also find his music, including Come On Nearer, on major streaming services such as Apple Music and Spotify. Thanks again for being part of the conversation, and remember to have quality conversations. All you need to do is be kind and listen. Till next time. Thank you.